Licensee of KTHAM 910, Frisco, Texas, filed an application with the Federal Communications Commission for renewal of its license. Members of the public wishing to view this application or obtain information about how to file comments and petitions on the application can visit publicfiles.fcc.gov and search in KTHAM's public file. and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Friday in the Easter octave. It's April 9th, 2021. Great to be with you today on a Friday and every day here on the wonderful EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And looking forward to Doug Keck talking about all the awesome programming coming up this weekend on EWTN for Divine Mercy Sunday. It's just going to be great. You heard Father Chris Lar talking a little bit about it yesterday. And Doug will add to that, I'm sure. And looking forward to it, and so much great programming coming out of EW10, especially this time of year. Speaking of um, great things and great programming and great news, we did get some news late yesterday that things are opening up. We have a story coming up in our newscast this morning in just a few minutes that the Vatican Museums are opening. Italy looking to open to international tourism in early June. And they're trying to save the 2021 tourist season. Now, the season is beginning as we're speaking. Easter, Easter week, uh, and actually Easter weekend are when a lot of hotels, especially down south along the precious Amalfi Coast, open up. The weather is stunningly beautiful this time of year. May is a great month, but then you go through the entire summer and all the way through October, and that's considered pretty much high season. Now, it'll be very interesting to see how many people actually head over, uh, given that there's a lot of you know still concern about the virus, but I'm just so glad to see the museums being opened up again because there are so many treasures of the faith in these museums, and you learn so much about the church and about religious history when you go to these beautiful places. And we take you there on EWTN. Uh, all the time. So if you can't get there, if you're not comfortable with with flying over there, and I'm telling you what, brothers and sisters, God willing, if I can do it, I am hopping on a plane, grabbing the equipment, and going over there as soon as I can to do the show from there at some point. I, I just really feel the need to, to get back and to kind of inspire people to, to, to really trace their faith roots again, whether it be to the Holy Land or to Rome. So we'll see what the Lord has in store for that, but I ask you to keep it in prayer. But looking forward again to speaking with Doug Hacken at the bottom of the hour and talk about this is a godsidence. So I'm flipping through the channels, and, and I love to watch um, the beautiful Catherine Hadro on uh, Pro-Life Weekly. She does such a great job. And so last night I'm tuning in, and lo and behold, Archbishop Nauman, the head of the Pro-Life Committee, is on doing this fantastic interview with Catherine. And I'm watching it, and I did not know. I may have heard it at some point, but I'd forgotten about the fact that his father was murdered. And he had a beautiful story of his mom raising him and his brother as a single mom. And he was actually, she was actually pregnant with him when this happened and the journey she was on faith-wise. And he was talking about his commitment from pro-life, of pro-life from womb to The claiming that Archbishop Nauman is not fit to head up the Bishop's Conference Pro-Life Committee. I don't know who put them in charge, but anyway, that's what they're claiming. And so they started circulating this very negative petition against him. And Catholic Vote 
thanks be to God, spoke up and said, that's not correct, that's wrong, that's unfair, and it really is an attack on a very good, solid shepherd. So they put together a beautiful letter and wrote a letter encouraging Archbishop Nauman, which we still have, by the way, on our Ave Maria Radio slider, if you're interested, AveMariaRadio.net, in support of the Archbishop and his great pro-life work and overall leadership. And that petition, thank goodness, doubled very quickly the amount of signatures they received on that other petition. But think about this. Those folks writing this horrible letter and claiming that, that he wasn't fit, I'm sure they're very much against the death penalty. And they automatically assume that people who are pro-life are pro-life only at birth and not with the death penalty. So if they would stop and think and maybe actually look at the life story of this leader, would they not realize that who would be better for this position? Someone who, look, look at everything that he encompasses if you think about it that he was in the womb of his mom when his father was murdered. And then his mom is a single mother. So how better is it? I mean, I think about that. Someone who can relate to the single mother, someone who can relate to someone who lose someone at the hands of a murderer, and to, to offer forgiveness. Talk about the whole package. Coincidence? I think not. Nor was it a coincidence that I happened to tune in last night and that he was on and I was going to be interviewing him this morning. I love the way God works things out. He's still God. Anyhow, looking forward to the interview with uh, Archbishop Nauman. And then if we have time, I hope we do, I just want to say a few minutes. We did kind of a fact check Friday yesterday. It was a fact check Thursday because of the situation with the misinformation that was put out by the Biden administration claiming the Pope said this, that, and the other thing to support what they're doing when he did not say any such thing. If you're interested in what I was talking about, we don't have time to go into it, but you can listen to the archives from yesterday's program. But anyhow, the gospel for today is um, one of my favorites. It takes place along the Sea of Galilee at the site which is now known as the Primacy of Peter. And there are words that are spoken by St. Peter in this gospel that are considered in Christendom among the saddest words ever spoken. I'm going fishing. And God willing, I'll have time to explain it a little bit later. Hope you can stay tuned to the entire program today. Again, the amazing Doug Keck at 15 minutes past the hour, our Chief Operating Officer and President, and then Archbishop Nauman. All of that plus you on a Friday morning. Some very sad news out of Great Britain. Prince Philip has passed away. We'll have the story. Let's take a look and see what's happening right now on a Friday morning. Pope Francis holding Mass in a church that includes the relics of both Faustina, Kowalska, and Pope St. John Paul II on this Divine Mercy Sunday. The Italian church, not very far from the Vatican, by the way, beautiful church. Put it on your bucket list, just saying. The Mass will be held, was transformed into a center for Divine Mercy spirituality. It's the second year the Holy Father will hold Mass at Santo Spirito in Sassia. The Mass will not be open to the public, but will be broadcast on TV and live-streamed. The Holy Father, meanwhile, sending a letter to the World Bank Group and the International Monetary Fund as they begin their virtual spring meetings. In his letter, as Vatican Radio's Francesca Merlo reports, the Holy Father stressing the need for a more just and equal society for all. Pope Francis opened his letter by noting that as the groups meet this spring, it is his hope that their discussions may contribute to a model of recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic capable of assisting individuals and communities to achieve their deepest aspirations and the universal common good. Pope Francis went on to note that for all our deeply held convictions that all men and women are created equal, many of our brothers and sisters in the human family are effectively excluded from the financial world. The pandemic, he continued, has reminded us that no one is saved alone. 
The Pope then noted that many countries are consolidating a recovery plan for COVID, but that there remains an urgent need for a global plan that will give poorer and less developed nations an effective share in decision-making and facilitating access to the international market. Meanwhile, the Vatican Museums, as you mentioned earlier, reopening very soon next month, as a matter of fact. Vatican officials say they're planning to reopen those museums and the Vatican Gardens as well to the public on Monday May 3rd. They say when the museums and gardens do reopen, strict new COVID-19 policies will still be in place. The museums previously reopened in February and the first half of last month after having been closed since November of last year. The Vatican Museums has followed the Italian government's restrictions throughout the coronavirus outbreak. Lawmakers in Arkansas on April 6th overriding a veto from the governor of a bill outlawing gender transition procedures, including surgeries and hormone treatments for minors in the state. The Alliance Defending Freedom, a Christian legal group, praising the bill's passage as a protective measure for children in the state. In a statement, Christiana Holcomb, legal counsel for ADF, says our law should protect every child's opportunity to have a natural childhood. While approaches may differ, we should all agree there's nothing natural or healthy about pumping children full of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. Police in South Carolina, as Mike Bauer tells us, says former NFL player Philip Adams is the gunman in the mass shooting that left five people, including two children, dead this week. There's nothing about this right now that makes sense to any of us, and, and that's why we're working so hard to, to, to try to get more information. York County Sheriff Kevin Tolson said Dr. Robert Leslie, his wife Barbara, and their grandchildren, ages 9 and 5, were found dead at the Leslie's home in Rock Hill. Tolson said Adams, who lived near the murder scene, forced his way into the home, and police found evidence at the scene that tied him to the killings. Adams' sister, Lauren, said in an interview that her brother's behavior shifted abruptly a couple of years ago and that he exhibited mental health issues. Adams had suffered two concussions over three games while playing for the the Oakland Raiders. He was found inside his family's home dead of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Joe Biden, meanwhile, taking executive action after that shooting, aimed at addressing what the White House calls a gun violence public health epidemic. Regulations for ghost guns, usually assembled from parts without serial numbers and other gun accessories, are being tightened. A medical expert says George Floyd passed away from a lack of oxygen. Dr. Martin Tobin, a lung and critical care specialist, testifying at former police officer Derek Chauvin's murder trial in Minneapolis that Floyd could not breathe enough oxygen while he was pinned face down for nearly 10 minutes. As we mentioned earlier, Queen Elizabeth's husband of 73 years, Prince Philip, has passed away just weeks before his 100th birthday. Daisy McAndrew, who covers the royal family, has more. He had been in hospital for a number of weeks. Uh, he had been transferred from one hospital to another to have uh, what we were described as a, a minor procedure. We understood it to be on his heart, which has given him uh, trouble over the last few years. The 99-year-old Duke of Edinburgh was the longest-serving spouse of a reigning British monarch. One Utah sheriff has joined about 300 of his colleagues in signing a letter demanding the Biden administration do more to control illegal immigration. Iron County Sheriff Ken Carpenter is listed as one of the signers on that letter, which was sent to the White House this week. By allowing people to come across our border unchecked, we're, uh, we're inviting uh, a very dangerous situation for the nation as a whole and for the safety and security of our of our people. The letter apparently created by a sheriff's department in Massachusetts and then sent to a number of sheriffs around the country. The letter asking the Biden administration to reverse course and enact policies that help secure the U.S. border with Mexico. After facing the state's three largest wildfires last year, Colorado leaders say this year's wildfire season could be even worse. 
Mike Morgan for the Colorado Division of Fire Prevention and Control saying the current forecast shows the state will see warm weather with below average rain and snow through June. Which will result in a continuation of drought conditions across the state and the emergence of above average significant fire potential over the portions of southeast Colorado. The core fire season expected to begin in the second half of May and dry conditions expanding fire danger northward and will then impact the western slope by July. And Sue Danielson tells us cleanup continuing after a tornado hit Cedar Rapids this week. The National Weather Service says an EF0 rated tornado packing 85 mile per hour winds clipped a southwest Cedar Rapids mobile home park Wednesday night. It was 40 yards wide and was on the ground for less than a half mile. Winds peeled off a roof and blew debris into a field. One person's recovering after being hurt by broken glass from a blown out bedroom window. And finally, in our news segment at almost 13 minutes past the hour on your Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection, coast to coast and around the globe on EWTN. CBS TV station's execs Peter Dunn and David Friend are out at CBS a few months after both were accused of abusive workplace behavior. Both Dunn and Friend were put on administrative leave in January following a Los Angeles Times report that detailed multiple accusations of abusive workplace behavior. CBS hiring a third party to conduct an investigation into the allegations in January. Los Angeles Times reporting extensively on accusations of abusive behavior at CBS-owned TV stations by five women who used to work for the network and former CBS TV station's executive Brian Kennedy. According to the women, Dunn and a top lieutenant cultivated, they say, a hostile work environment that included bullying female managers and blocking efforts to hire and retain black journalists. CBS News, meanwhile, has been one of the leading critics of the state of Georgia in covering the state's revised voting laws alleging discrimination It also criticized organizers of the Masters Golf Tournament for not pulling out of Georgia, but also then went ahead and carried the event, earning money from advertisers sponsoring the program. 14 minutes past the hour. Hope your Friday is going well. The inside word, you get a little bit of a scoop on what's happening on EW10 this weekend. Doug Keck coming up. You don't want to miss this because it's a big weekend, as in Divine Mercy Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we trust in you. We'll be right back. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Now is a great time to learn about CMF Curo as a pro-life Catholic health care option for your family. You can join any time throughout the year. Plus, you'll experience an authentic Catholic community that cares about your health, spirit, mind, and body. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com to learn more about CMF Curo. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Nestled under the warm Florida sun is a university whose name indicates a vocational call. Ave Maria, Latin for Hail Mary, recalls the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary of her future vocation, becoming the mother of God. Enriched by God's grace, Mary freely ascends to this call. This is the model for all students. Come to Ave Maria University, where you'll be empowered to clearly see your vocational call, whatever that call might be. Ave Maria University. 
your vocation location. Visit AveMaria.edu. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. 16 minutes past the hour. What a Pasqua, Doug. Happy Easter to you. And uh, yes. I, I have to say that I was watching um, Father Spitzer's universe the other day, and he was getting really feisty. He was talking oh, yeah. about was... separating yourself from God and how you're never going to have happiness when you do that. Right, exactly. And uh, he gets upset because he knows how true it is. Yep. Uh, and what's always great with Father Spitzer, he always talks from his own experiences mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and so, uh, you know, it, it makes it that much more, I think, understandable and relatable for people. And, yeah, he does. Because he does care, and that's why he does this particular program, especially for younger people who, as we know from the numbers not going to church and the known, the nuns out there, so to speak, the uh, people who don't claim to believe anything or aren't associated at least with any church, you know, that these people are really being led down a, a, the garden path, and uh, it's it's populated with lots of bad things. And unfortunately, like many of the things that happen here, as much as you try to warn people, mm-hmm. until they bump into some of these things, and you just pray that, you know, that they're uh, that they have enough of a basis and enough of uh, an upbringing that they can you know kind of deal with these uh, issues and then uh, bounce back uh, like many of us have uh, in our own lives right. over the years uh, but it does seem to be an even more deadly toxic society so to speak than we've had even when we were growing up well it's frustrating because and that's why i'm so grateful though for in addition to you know the radio and tv programs you also have the other outlets that that really can dive into things more deeply absolutely for example i was i was quoting the um catholic news agency article and the, and the national catholic register article that explained what the pope actually said regarding the vaccine versus what the uh president claims that he said and the media claim that he said and I was going through that, but there are still people who believe that, oh, no, that's what the Pope said. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say it was a moral obligation. He said it was an ethical option. The CDF confirmed their statement of the same thing. The USCCB confirmed it. So that's why it's important to have these different layers explaining what's really going right. on. Right. Yeah, and I think part of the problem we deal with inside the church is that the level of nuance that gets put out in front of people is many times not clear enough for people to get the distinctions if they spent any time thinking about it they would but most of us are very busy and the news media uh, which you know suddenly six months ago thought the vaccine was some death uh, formula that was being uh, cooked up by then president trump mm-hmm. uh, you know now is telling everybody to make sure they get it which i'm i have gotten my shots i will tell people so um you know with that being the case uh, I'm totally supportive. Uh, at the same time, I'm supportive of people who have a choice. That's right, why right. we live in the United States, uh, because you you do have the freedom to make a decision on those kinds of things. But the problem is, what they need to somebody needs to say is, listen, you're not morally obligated, but the Pope thinks it's probably a good idea. That's yeah. kind of the English translation of what gets said. But instead, it gets used by uh, the media as just saying, oh no, no, you you have some moral obligation. And anybody who's a Catholic who understands the 
church's teachings understands that the on issues like that the pope's not infallible he's just uh, offering an opinion exactly right but then they turn around and say it's a moral obligation and they and then they turn around on the other end of the spectrum and say that the equality act is no big deal it's just a matter of of opinion Right. Uh, well, that's where you end up with, as you know, in dealing with many of the people today in a feeling world, in a, a relational world, you don't have to be consistent in the things you believe. And that's why we're having so many problems in our world, because if there's no pillar, if there's no Peter, if there's no rock, if there's no magisterium or something, a reference point to compare yourself to on where you are, it constantly changes and so you have people holding diametrically opposed positions that make absolutely no sense no sense except they can say well i'm sorry but that's how i feel about it it's 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 just ridiculous this is why we need EWTN. Okay, speaking of which, big weekend this weekend. All kinds of great programming regarding Divine Mercy, right. correct? Obviously, this weekend on Saturday, we've got a whole bunch of... Uh, Div- it's all Divine Mercy wall-to-wall. We've got some programs, The Face of Mercy, The Last Appeal, a couple of programs, a new movie, Love and Mercy, Faustina, critically acclaimed film out of uh, Poland from uh, about a year or so ago. People might have saw... There were opportunities to see it in the theaters, but now they can watch it on EWTN, uh tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And then, of course, we've got a whole slew of Divine Mercy events happening on Sunday, starting out with the Mass from Rome that you mentioned during the news. We'll Mm -hmm. be carrying that. Also, a Divine Mercy celebration from Vilnius, Lithuania as well, which we've carried for the last several years from that Divine Mercy shrine there. And then, of course, Stockbridge. We've got the preview show and the celebration and all of that's happening, as it always does, beginning basically at noon Eastern on Sunday. Uh, and then a very special event we, we like to think of, the Divine Mercy Holy Hour from Hansville with our sisters, live from the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament in Hansville. That's at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And then uh, we've also got a couple of other programs that are on about uh, Divine Mercy. And next week, uh, God of Mercy, a five-part series. So really, uh, Divine Mercy Weekend, certainly here on EWTN. And Father Chris has been on all week, correct, talking with his series on Divine Mercy. Absolutely, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, we've done a lot with Father Chris and Father Don and over the years. And, of course, we lost uh, Father Seraphim recently, mm-hmm. who was an old great friend of Mother Angelica from the old days of the network. And so, you know, Mother was really, in many ways, certainly for me personally, I never heard of Divine Mercy until I saw it uh, on EWTN. That's the, how at least I personally became aware of it. And I'm sure there's many, many people who... Uh, only became aware of it or more aware of it because of uh, Mother and the Sisters doing the early chaplet. There's so much to learn about the Divine Mercy and the message to Faustina and the struggles that she underwent and also how close, in proximity-wise, she was to John Paul II and Maximilian Kolbe, where they lived and grew up in Poland. It's fascinating. Right. It's amazing. And the timing, God's timing, as mm-hmm. we know, uh, for these things. And, and, you know, from reading the diary and, and different things and Susan Tassoni's written a lot of great books uh, right. our friend uh, about things like this and as well and you, you know a lot of it is very interesting because Faustino offers a lot of insights into different things like purgatory and 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 and, and how, the importance of prayer and and the importance of of you know keeping Christ in our lives and and not allowing ourselves to be distracted
Mm-hmm. Well, there's one story that I'll never forget that was shared with us when we were doing a pilgrimage there at the Divine Mercy Center in Poland, and one of the nuns that leads you through uh, the, the church where the actual images, and before you get in, she talks about St. Faustina, and there was one time that she left her work because there was someone who came to the door and needed food, and right. then when she was back in dialogue with the Lord, she was apologizing because she left her duties, and he said, yes, but you were still doing your duties because that was me. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, this and, gave me the chills. I cried when I heard that. Yeah. Right, and that is and that is a tough part for a lot of us because it it is that call to to reach out to the beggar, so to speak, and to uh, see, as Mother Teresa used to say, Jesus and everybody you're dealing with. And uh, so I think that that is always very difficult for us, especially in a world today that 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 judges people totally by identities and, yes. and what you look like and what group you happen to fix fit into or what your intersectionality happens to be and and these are the same people who say well we got to treat everybody the same but that they keep carving people up into little units right right and in, at uh, columbia where they're having these separate uh, graduation ceremonies for right. for everybody it's like what, I, what I about unity i thought that's what martin luther king and the and the, the civil rights movement we lived through in the 60s was all about saying yeah. we've got to get rid of this separate but equal kind of thing uh you know, uh, so there, there's something wrong. Nobody says things are perfect. Nobody says things can't get better. But I always look with many of these things uh, similarly to what they would say about, you know, Pius the uh, Twelfth many times in dealing with Germany and stuff. And I said, maybe he could have done better. But who did better? No one. He did right. the most. And, f- of course, the United States could be better. We could all be better. Anybody could say to you, well, Teresa, you're a good person, but, but you could really be better. Yeah. You'd say, of course I am. But... I can honestly say I'm trying very hard. Trying very hard. Doug, thanks so much. Look forward to the great programming. EWTN.com. If you have any questions about any of the shows, but so much, stay very close to your TV, your computer, and your radio this weekend especially. And we'll be right back to talk with Archbishop Nauman. And what a beautiful interview he did last night on EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. We'll be right back. Mary Immaculate Catholic School in Farmers Branch is now enrolling for the 2021-2022 school year. Under the leadership of the Nashville Dominican Sisters, the dedicated faculty at Mary Immaculate helps students to develop their gifts of nature and grace so as to reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your child can be immersed in the truth, beauty, and goodness of a Catholic education at Mary Immaculate, visit mischool.org. God bless you. Loretta House in Denton is a pregnancy resource center that serves women dealing with unplanned pregnancies. They provide free pregnancy testing and free ultrasounds. Clients receive material goods like diapers, baby items, clothing, parenting classes, and more. Loretta House is an official apostolate of the Diocese of Fort Worth. All services are provided free of charge and remain completely confidential. Many babies are saved and many hearts changed. For more information, visit LorettaHouse.org or call 940-380-8191. For the eighth consecutive year, the Pope St. John Paul II Monstrant is visiting North Texas and will be available for veneration and adoration at many parishes, schools, seminaries, universities, and Catholic centers through June 14th. All are invited to call Joanne at 972-489-3220 to either receive the schedule for the Monstrant or to request a visit to your parish or location. Please make plans to pray for vocations and your other intentions at one of the locations this year. For information, call 972-489-3220. 
Hello, Catholic Life Insurance is a family-focused company that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KATH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic Life Insurance, you can contact Larry Linson or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. John, chapter 8, verse 51. Jesus is in a discussion with some of the leaders of the Jews. They're talking about Abraham. Abraham lived 1,500 years before the time of Jesus. So in the course of the discussion, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. He says that often in the Gospels. He who keeps my word or believes in me will never die. To which the Jews say, Now we know you have a demon. And they say, Abraham died, as did the prophets. All the patriarchs, the great men and women of the history of Israel. All these people died, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets, who died? Jesus says, your father Abraham rejoiced that he was to see my day. He saw it and was glad. To which the Jews say, you are not yet 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? And Jesus answers, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. We're having a beautiful Friday morning in the octave of Easter, April 9th, and we are moving into the beautiful Divine Mercy Sunday. We are working on getting the good Archbishop on the phone with us, uh, just getting some um, voicemails. So Andrew's on it, working with uh, both the uh, Archdiocese of Kansas City and the USCCB to make sure that we can grab him. He is scheduled. It's probably just a delay. So we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. As soon as we get him, we will join him. But in the meantime... I thought I would uh, take a few minutes before we bring the good Archbishop on to just share with you something that is on my heart. And I've told you over and over again that one of the ways that that Deacon Dom and I stay close to each other and to Jesus is through Scripture. We came back to the church through a non-denominational Bible study and rediscovered the Catholic Church in Scripture. And so we love Scripture and read it together as often as possible. And I just went nuts today when I uh, read the gospel from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. And it takes place at the spot now known when you visit as a Catholic pilgrim to the Holy Land. It's now known as the Primacy of Peter. If you look up images on Google of Primacy of Peter, it's a very small, beautiful stone church literally sitting on the seashore. It is so peaceful. It's in the same area where you have Tabga, which is the site of the loaves and the fishes. It's also very close to the Beatitudes Church, the Church of the Beatitudes, which is up upon a hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee. It is so, so peaceful and very easy because it's such a simple church to imagine Jesus starting that charcoal fire and to imagine the apostles fishing along the seashore. What's so profound about this gospel for me is it talks about a couple of words that are known as some of the saddest words ever spoken. And and I first heard the reference to this quote from Simon Peter in the Gospel, from St. Peter in the Gospel of John, when I was on one of the many trips that Steve Murray and I led to the Holy Land. And we were there, we had Mass at the seashore of the primacy of Peter. And afterwards, our guide, Amr, got up and gave a great talk about the site, about the the Gospel message. She's a a solid Catholic from the... um, a church in the Annunciation in Nazareth as its own parish. He was talking about the words that Simon Peter spoke to the disciples that day on the seashore 
not really recognizing what had happened yet with the resurrection, everything that Jesus had said had come true, still dealing with the depression of the Savior being gone, or so they thought. So Peter's like, well, what do I do now? I mean, everything's over, it's done, it was nice while it lasted, but it's done. And of course, he's also dealing with so much remorse for having just denied Christ before his death at the house of Caiaphas at the charcoal fire, not once, not twice, but three times. So what does he say to the disciples? He says to them, I am going fishing. So why would that be? Why would those words be among the saddest words spoken? Because what is Simon Peter saying? He's giving up. He's going back to his old way of life because he doesn't think that he can do better or do what Jesus said that he would be doing, being a fisher of men and forgetting that amazing scene at Caesarea Philippi. You are rock, and on this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We see that, of course, in Matthew 16. So he says, I'm going fishing. I'm just going to go fishing and forget about it. So they all hop in the boat. What happens? These are all experienced fishermen. That's all they had ever done was fish. That was their life's work. And Jesus, of course, was going to make them fishers of men. So they get in the boat and think that it's going to be, you know, business as usual and that they catch fish and go back and sell them, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Zip, zero, nada. They don't catch a one fish. I am going fishing. The point, brothers and sisters, is that when you are saying, I am going fishing, you have to say it in the words that God meant for you. You are going to be fishers of men, fishers of women. You are going to make a difference. Now, I had a similar experience when I was um, coming back to the church. I was still working in the secular media at a very prop- popular TV station, a very big TV station in Detroit, which is a major market. So I'm working at this huge affiliate, and I'm thinking I'm an on-fire boarding and Catholic, and I'm going to be so happy here. I'm going to be able to still practice my craft as a reporter and yet be you know, on fire for my faith. Well, the Lord had other plans. I thought going fishing was going to mean, again, going back to what I normally do, covering stories, being an investigative reporter, and yet I found myself very downtrodden because the fishing wasn't catching any fish. Or the fish I were catching were were pretty ugly and pretty dead because I wasn't doing anything really with the gifts that God had given me at that point. And I really felt miserable. I was covering a lot of car crashes, a lot of sensational stories, and I didn't feel like I was being used. And so it took me to realize that the reason I wasn't successful is because God had another plan and a different type of fishing for me. Okay? I would still be doing reporting, but a very different type of reporting. And I always say, Andrew is my producer, but our Lord is the executive producer. I never thought in a million years that I would do Catholic radio. I didn't even know it existed. I mean, I had heard, by that point, I had heard of Mother Angelica. I was starting to tune into EWTN. But I didn't realize that there was something else I could do besides secular news reporting. Just like Peter didn't think that there was anything else for him but to fish for fish in the sea. And being downtrodden and not having the faith and feeling very guilty and a lot of remorse or denying Christ, he said, oh, well, he's going to go back to fishing. And they see this figure on the shore, and he tells them to throw the net on the other side of the boat. And they listen to him. And what happens? 
they catch more fish than ever, and the net is so heavy, but it doesn't break. There's a whole other teaching on that in terms of the net representing the church, but I don't have time to go into it. John recognizes it to be Jesus. Peter says it's him, jumps in the water, runs after him. And our gospel passage ends as they're sitting down and Jesus is breaking bread with them and they're cooking fish. He's cooking breakfast for them. That charcoal fire there, which is so, so symbolic, right? Going back to that charcoal fire on Holy Thursday. So much in this gospel message. The bottom line is the Lord has a plan for you to fish. But it might be a plan to fish differently as it was for me, as it was for St. Peter, as it is for so many of us who say yes to Jesus. We go in a direction that is surprising to us. But at the end of the day, through Christ we can do all things, as it says in Philippians, all things through Christ, and he strengthens us. But it's only through then that we can be, and through him, fishers of men. The Archbishop is on the phone, looking forward to chatting with him. When we come back, it is a Friday morning leading into Divine Mercy Sunday. Archbishop Nauman up next. Step away. Holy Family Catholic Academy in Irving invites you to participate in its fifth annual gala and auction on Saturday, April 10th. This year, the Academy is celebrating optimism with the theme, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. This event is online and will include both a silent and live auction as well as entertainment. The live auction will be broadcast and will begin at 6 p.m. and bidding for the silent auction items will begin at 10 a.m. Proceeds will help fund instructional programs at Holy Family Academy. For more information, call 972-255-0205. Pursue your vocation to heal through an online education in psychology and counseling at Divine Mercy University. Our master's and doctorate programs in psychology and counseling encompass a unique learning experience through our Catholic Christian approach to mental health, faith-centered, and science-based teachings. Join a community of healers where change begins with you. Help heal our Catholic community from mental hardship, educating minds, transforming lives. Learn more at divinemercy.edu. That's divinemercy.edu. What an amazing share This is Cecil Anderson, the North Texas assistant of the Guadalupe Radio Network, and I just wanted to express my thanks to everyone who helped promote, prayed for our success, or called in and made a pledge of support to keep Catholic Radio on the airways during our 2021 Spring share Thanks to you, it was a very successful share and now great Catholic programming can continue to reach souls across DFW on KATH 910AM. Thanks again, and God bless. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. So honored to have Archbishop Joseph Nauman on with us, Archdiocese of Kansas City, also the head of the USCCB Pro-Life Committee. You may have seen the beautiful interview we did on EWTN Pro-Life Weekly last night. And Archbishop, thank you, first of all, for being such a good and solid leader in the church and for all that you're doing. And 
uh, it really was, I think, appropriate, given the walk that our Lord took, and we just celebrated the Passion, Death, and Resurrection, that you were greatly persecuted, especially during Holy Week. So thank you for, for standing strong and, and speaking yeah, the truth. Well, it's always, it's always good to be doing anything that, that's close to what Jesus wants for us. So, um, but... Oops, are you there? Oh, I think we lost him. Archbishop, are you there? Hello? Oh, go ahead. You're on. Go ahead, Father. Go ahead. Finish your statement, Archbishop. Oh, you know what? I think we lost him in the connection. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear okay, you Okay, good. All right, I don't know what happens. The Spirit, you know who doesn't want you on the program this morning. It's no surprise. <laughs> but So finish what you were saying, Your Excellency. Sorry for the interruption. No, that's okay. Um, I was just saying it's always a privilege to do anything that might even be close to what Jesus went through. And and, um, and there's been so much more support than negative response to to what I've said about the president. And um, so I'm grateful for, for those that support that's been expressed as well. I wanted to just ask you a few things. I want to mention some of the things you pointed out in the interview last night, which people may not know. But first, I want to address this issue, and I think uh, what we're seeing now, um, we have uh, many, many good bishops, such as yourself, have been leading the way. But unfortunately, there has been, and this is the whole reason EWTN, as you well know, uh, being a frequent guest on our airwaves, uh, the whole reason Mother Angelica started EWTN is because she was very concerned about the lack of catechesis. And the first thing I thought of when I saw that that horrible petition that the, uh, some groups put out against you, saying that you weren't quote-unquote fit. I don't know who died and put them in charge, but anyway, said that you weren't fit to, to lead the pro-life committee for the bishops' conference. Is I prayed for them because I thought this is another example of, of them not understanding their faith, that you can't be a cafeteria Catholic, you can't pick and choose. Just your thoughts. I mean, we have to pray for them first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't think we don't have any enemies, just people that need to be enlightened and need to come to know Jesus and the church better. So, yeah, I think absolutely we should pray for those. And, you know, I, it's interesting because many, as I read some of the emails that we receive, and um, they're, they're either disaffected Catholics or they're not Catholic at all, but what the church says matters to them. So I think that's, that's a good thing in one sense, that they, that they care um, now, I think their reaction is mistaken, but uh, it's important to them what the church is, has to say. And so um, I think that's that's a positive. Um, but it, it also is part of this culture because a lot of people are saying, well, if the president or his press secretary, they want to say he's a devout Catholic, they, they have a right to do that. And, you know, part of the reasons why I felt I needed to say what I said was because the president, in effect, whether he was doing it on purpose or not, I don't know, but he was usurping the role of the bishop, which is to, to define what it means to be Catholic. And, and so uh, part of the reason I think we need to speak clearly on this is to protect others from being misled exactly. uh, by the actions of the president and others. And we pray for the president and all of our leaders as we're called to in Scripture. But what is what is very frustrating is that they keep doing this, Your Excellency, over and over again. For example, 
just this week, and I, I think it was earlier in the week, there were two instances regarding the um, Equality Act. It might have been last week. I'm losing track because of Holy Week. But uh, Jen Psaki was saying that, well, you know, we, we – oh, no, it was earlier this week. We, we had the EWTN News Nightly reporter ask her at the White House press briefing regarding the quote-unquote Equality Act, which is nothing we know about being equal. It's about discriminating against those who, who disagree with the leftist agenda. But she was saying that – he was asking, well, what about the Catholics, especially medical professionals, who disagree with this and are very concerned about their conscience rights being violated? And she said, well, you know, we respect uh, we expect a difference of opinion, but, uh, uh, you know, the president uh, supports the Equality Act, and you know he's a devout Catholic and goes to Mass on most weekends. So they're trying to reframe what Catholicism is to the American people in the world, and that, to me, is, is, is very, very dangerous, along with everything else they're proposing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, so I think that's why, as bishops, we have a, a responsibility, of course, you know, we pray for the conversion of the president, and uh, I think we need to uh, make sure that he realizes how serious the reactions that he's doing uh, are for his own spiritual welfare. But we also need to protect, particularly young Catholics, from being misled by what the president is doing to think. And in effect, he's saying, I'm Catholic, and I'm doing this, you can be a Catholic and you can do similar things. And this is what we as bishops, we really have a responsibility to protect our people from moral confusion. I can't think of anyone, uh, I was thinking about this last night when I was watching your interview on EWTN uh, Pro-Life Weekly. Uh, it was such a, a powerful interview, and I encourage folks to look it up online. You can watch it because they, they post the, um, the taped interviews on the website at EWTN.com. But I was so moved by the story of your father and your, your mom and the way she was carrying you in the womb at the time of the tragedy of losing your father uh, to murder and everything in terms of how God is using you now, your experience of being raised by a single mom, understanding the, the, the challenges a single mother may face if she's faced with a uh, maybe a, a difficult pregnancy or, or a situation where she thinks she may not be able to afford raising a child on her own. And then also the forgiveness in terms of your being against a death penalty. I really was thinking about those people launching that petition. Do they not know how God has, it's, it's so, it, there's so much divine intervention here, and this is what came to me last night when I was watching this interview. Because of, of what you've experienced in your life, in so many ways you are perfectly positioned, you know, for such a time as this, as it says in the Old Testament book of Esther. Yeah, well, thanks, Teresa. And I was blessed with an extraordinary mother, and the priest at my first Mass, which was 46 years ago, was a friend of our family who preached, he used the text, unless a grain of wheat dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. And he talked about how there was some connection between the tragedy of my father's murder and my ordination to the priesthood. And mm. I, be I believe that's true, and, and not that God ever willed that. It was a, a, a sinful act, uh, but, but that the Lord is constantly drawing good from evil, and uh, I certainly... I believe that. I, I wonder if I would, would be a priest uh, today if it weren't for those unique circumstances, um, because the priest in our parish took an interest in me and my brother, partially because, you know, we didn't have our biological fathers. So. Mm. 
We're talking with, yeah, God has a plan, doesn't he? Jeremiah 29, 11, Romans 8, 28. I could think of so many verses to apply to this. We're talking with Archbishop Joseph Nauman from the Archdiocese of Kansas City and also the head of the Pro-Life Committee for the USCCB. Uh, There's so much there, Your Excellency, in terms of this whole issue of being pro-life from womb to tomb. And and I, I think another area of misinformation that the media put out, and I get a lot of comments this on Facebook, people automatically assume that those of us who are who are pro-life in terms of being against abortion are also pro-death penalty. And that's not true. And people are shocked when I tell them, well, no, I'm against the death penalty. I always have been and we, because we're consistent with our teaching. So, I mean, I think there has to be even more education in helping people understand that, that the pro-life people are not necessarily put into this category where they're pro-life because of uh, abortion, but not pro-life when it comes to the death penalty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Uh, we believe every life is sacred because every life is made in the divine image and 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 because Jesus Christ gave us life for each of us and on the cross he he was forgiving even his executioners and calling to heaven one of the criminals that was being crucified with him so the gospel is all about mercy and the sacredness of each and every human life um I'm so grateful to my mother because she she didn't she taught my brother and I not to focus on the tragedy or victimhood, um, but you know she used it as an occasion to go closer uh, to Jesus and she had a great love for the Eucharist, and so I'm grateful that she didn't foster in us to to be angry, uh, but to trust in God's providence and all of this. The, the interview and, and, the, and the video that they have, the pictures of your mom, are just precious. So I really want people to, and you look just like your mom, by the way. You, there's this very strong resemblance. She's beautiful. I really enjoyed that interview and, and seeing some of the images of you with her, especially when you were, it looks like she was sitting down and she was receiving some sort of an award and, and you were uh, you were looking at her. It was a very, just a priceless photo. We're talking with Archbishop Joseph Nauman from the Archdiocese of, of Kansas City. Uh, what else can we do as lay Catholics? One thing that I always try to emphasize, and, and Pope Francis just talked about this recently, that we are all called to evangelize, and the Church exists to evangelize. We're reminded of this, obviously, from uh, from Vatican II. But sometimes I, I know that we want we want all bishops to be as strong as you are, but I think sometimes as Catholics, we can forget, especially cradle Catholics, that we're also called to be out there on the front lines along with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of the best pro-life education really happens one-on-one, person-to-person, across the kitchen table or, or on the patio or at the workplace. And so to be well-informed oneself about what we believe as Catholics and why we believe it and and then to be able to communicate that to others. And you don't need to be in a pulpit or to have a microphone to do this, but it, it happens one-on-one in, in human relationships. What happened, what's the latest, Your Excellency, with that uh, petition that really got my Italian up uh, when I saw that they were trying to, to, not that they had any position to do that, but what's the latest with that petition? Has it died down? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, the last I heard, they had maybe about 20,000 signatures. And, um, and, of course, then there's the counter petitions that have circulated of, of people expressing their support. But, you know, it, it's kind of a, a, you know, people don't understand how the church 
is. We we don't vote on truth, and uh, you know right. I, I don't really take it personally. But it's people they don't like what I'm what I'm standing for, and uh, yeah. But I think it's it's kind of our American mentality. If we don't like something, you know, uh, we vote on it. But uh, the truth is the truth, and it. Unfortunately, I think that, you know the vast majority of communication I've gotten from bishops and lay people is thank you for what you're saying. Um, so, Amen. Yeah. Well, we, we actually posted it. I was telling you during the break, we posted it on, on my Facebook page and also on AveMariaRadio.net. And I know EWTN wrote a lot about it, about it as well. And um, last week, we had more than double the petitions in favor of your great work and, and the, the, the truth that you give us every single day and your role as bishop. But before we let you go, we have about two minutes left. Being that we're moving into Divine Mercy Sunday, we're, we're faced with so many challenges right now. And, and faithful Catholics feel, and I know you agree with this, and you feel this yourself because you've been greatly persecuted, we kind of feel like we're punch drunk. You know, we get up in the ring, we get knocked down. We get up, we get knocked down. Uh, give us some uh, maybe encouragement, some words of wisdom on how to move through this very difficult time, not just from COVID, but in the attacks on, on the culture and the faith that we're experiencing. Yeah, you know, um, I think we all can yield to discouragement, but that's always from the evil one. Right. And ac- actually when, you know, I think when we're up against adversity, that's when our, our witness can be most powerful. That's when, when we continue to have hope and joy and we continue to love, we continue to try to surround um, those that disagree with us with compassion, but also especially the women that are in difficult pregnancy, um, that that's our, our witness can shine more brightly, I think, when, when we are being persecuted, when we're suffering in, in any way. Yeah. I heard a Bible teacher say years ago, Your Excellency, there's all sunshine makes a desert. So if we don't have uh, some sort of downtime or suffering, then we don't learn or grow anywhere. Listen, thank you so much for your time. God bless you. We continue to pray for you and support your great work. And thank you for being a true shepherd, not afraid to speak the truth in love, with the end game always being the concern for that person's soul and their relationship with the Lord. Thank you, Archbishop. Thanks. God bless, Teresa. You too. Keep up, Keep up the good th- work. You too. Pray for us here at EW10 and Ave Maria Radio. Know of being in our prayers. And we'll be right back to wrap up our Friday morning edition. Archbishop Joseph Nauman. We have the t- petition in support of him. Just go to AveMariaRadio.net. It's in our slider. We'll be right back. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. Companies have temporarily stopped hiring. Sporting events are held without fans. Even your friends are being told to keep their social distance from you. However, at Ave Maria University, we ask you to consider advancing while the world around you recedes. Gaining an online master's degree in business administration or theology can propel you forward, distinguishing you from the competition when companies again start hiring. Apply now at AveMaria.edu. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This program brought to you in part by the nonprofit Angelicum Academy. This is Father Joseph Essio. I have an important message for all you homeschooling families. You can get an outstanding and fully accredited Catholic college education 
and save $100,000. To learn how, go to angelicum.net. That's angelicum.net. Earn 75 college credits and an associate's degree in high school for just $3,500 a year. And earn your BA degree just one year later at age 19. Check this out at angelicum.net. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 10 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan cost goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Jesus, I trust in you. Don't forget to tune in to EWTN all weekend long for all the great coverage, as Doug Keg mentioned, Divine Mercy Sunday, and then also before that, lots of great programs related to the Divine Mercy message as well, EWTN.com. Coming up, God willing, on a Monday morning edition of Catholic Connection, we'll have Peter Kraft and Gail Buckley. See you then. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. The Diocese of Fort Worth has added a new pro-life apostolate called Loving Care. With an emphasis on Catholic values, Loving Care provides support, counseling, and resources to individuals in need of assistance as a result of an unplanned pregnancy. With the help of trained volunteers, Loving Care walks with the mom and the dad from the start of a new life to the successful formation of the family. For more information, call 682-429-0724. If you want God to hear your prayers, hear the voice of the poor. St. Thomas of Villanova. Tithing to Catholic Charities, a large faith-based social service agency, is an ideal way for Catholics to live out Jesus' call to serve our brothers and sisters. We feed the hungry, house the homeless, place adoptions, and more. The Time for Giving campaign funds our 10 core services. When attending Mass on May 15th and 16th, prayerfully consider supporting Catholic Charities' mission to serve our brothers and sisters or go to ccdallas.org tfg. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. 
Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.